It's time to transform your life through knowledge, creativity, and mastery. Delivered on the Focus 7 Daily Podcast with business expert and marketing guru, Lisa Fredrickson, you will hear interviews with some of the most thought-provoking mentors and professionals on a variety of topics. And now, your host and favorite learnaholic, Lisa Fredrickson. Good morning, listeners. Pull up a chair and turn up your volume up because today we have the privilege of discussing the topic of family communication with expert and family behavioral coach, Emmalou Penrod. Now, before we get digging into our topic, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, Emmalou? I'd be happy to. So I'm a wife, mother, grandmother. I'm a retired school teacher and I'm passionate about families. I believe they are the foundation of society. And my goal is to make the world a better place by strengthening families. That's wonderful. So what got you interested in this? I mean, I know you've already raised your family and been in the community, but really what got you uh, to where you were focusing on this topic? Were there any particular things that brought you there? A lot happened when I was teaching school. I was a special ed teacher, so I worked closely with families. And I saw that, especially when you have a child with special needs, you know, Parenting mm-hmm. is challenging under the best of ideal circumstances. Yes. But when you have a child with special needs, research indicates it's four times more expensive. It's much more time consuming, much more emotionally challenging. You don't always see those rewarding milestones that other parents might be witnessing. And some parents have to deal with the fact that their child will never leave home, that they will be caring for this child for the rest of their life. So that makes it very difficult. It does. It does. And I also saw how smoothly things went when there was a good communication between the parents and the school personnel. So I know what an advantage that is. But I'm also seeing, I think today's parents are facing challenges no previous generation ever had to deal with. Well, I would have to say that's very true, especially with the circumstances we've had in the last two years, which has brought a whole bunch of new problems to the table. Um, So in families, uh, communication can you know, we go along and, and we all think we're communicating very well. But I, as I was thinking about our show today with you and, and I thought, hey, I'll just ask one of those questions that's percolating in my own mind. Um, one of the things that I noticed that I did personally in my communication with my family is to assume that I knew the message before the person finished. Um so I, I don't know if that's a common problem in some of the families that you're dealing with, but what would you suggest to the person, not to me, but to the person who's dealing with me, the person who can't, who's always jumping to an assumption, um, how do you have them deal with other people? How do you um, help them cope with that person who's assuming the message before they even get it out of their mouth? You know, you're not the only one. It is very common. <laughs> I I was hoping you'd say that. (laughs) (laughs) 
it is a common, especially in families, we feel like, oh, I know that person. I see them. I interact with them every day. I know exactly what they're thinking. But I like to compare communication to playing a game of catch. You don't just throw the ball and leave. You want to make <laughs> it sure the other person has received it uh-huh. and, and understood it. So if you have a, a relationship where this is happening, quite often between husband and wife, this, this yes. can happen frequently and result in many disagreements and, and stress. So you may play the game of what did you hear me say? And okay. having so, so you have permission actually to ask your spouse or your child that question? Yes, yes. We're maybe, 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 well, in, in the relationship, whether it's between husband and wife or parent and child, and you both acknowledge, okay, we're not always understanding each other. We we have some miscommunications. To improve our communications, what if we play the game of what did you hear me say? And so, and it could be done either way. Um, The second person could say, well, I heard you say that. And you're checking for understanding, asking clarifying questions, just checking to make sure the message was received and understood as sent. You know, think about air traffic controllers. It is essential that their communication is crystal clear. Also in the military. So they will do this. They will give some indication. You know, these are the salient points I heard. Making sure both parties are in agreement. Yes. You know, pick me up after band practice at three. Okay, uh-huh. I will pick you up after band practice at three. Okay, That's- so so just that that clear check in type conversation that you can have, and and you know the the thing is, is I think sometimes we think we can't have that question, or that people will get upset with us if we're following up on it. But I found that as long as we say it nicely. Um, oh yeah, people just, are willing to repeat things. I want to make sure I understand you. I don't want to have another miscommunication. Just if you're a, coming from the approach of, I want our relationship to be as smooth as possible. I want excellent. to improve our communication. So one of the other Lisa questions that I just am dying to ask is another one that. So I've heard we should use I instead of you. Um, sometimes that's not so easy in a normal conversation. Do you have any suggestions that you might uh, bring to the table for us so that we can use or, or why we might use I instead of you? Okay. A you statement, think about it. If someone, especially if they're pointing their finger, you always get it wrong. You make me so angry. It's an attack. You immediately want to defend yourself or point out, well, this is what you're doing wrong or deny it. No, I don't always do that. And the focus shifts from what the issue is to your ego. To well, and, and to defense. Yeah, that's a good yes. point. So we instead of listening, we're kind of going into a defensive mode, aren't we? Yes. And if you begin with I, I feel hurt when you don't let me know when you're going to be late, or I, I'm, I'm worried about you. 
you are just stating the fact, this is how I feel. Well, they can't really argue with that. You're stating, this is how I feel. They can respond to that with concern. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. How can I, you know, what, what can I do differently? You're inviting, you are, you're inviting a discussion. So now okay. you're not attacking the other person. You're saying, here is the issue. Now, how can you and I work together to solve this issue? So how can, you know, one of the things I've noticed is kids come up to the mom and say, mom, you're just bugging me or you're getting in my space or you're doing this. How do you teach a kid to use the I word as well so that you're not feeling attacked all the time, maybe as a mom? You know, you have a whole lot of things going on right there. That is a beautiful question. I love it. <laughs> you start... know me, always thinking out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you mentioned it earlier. You said something about as long as you say it in a nice way. I think they need to understand tone of voice. Even if you said a very polite, please, and you, if it can be said in a sar sarcastic tone, right? Uh -huh. So if we talk about tone of voice and maybe do some role playing, okay, how does it feel when I say it like this? Well, now what about like that? And so they're experiencing the difference a tone of voice can make. And a key word, I think a lot of families overlook and underestimate the value of is respect. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, you know, parents respect their children and expect respect from them, you know, and you, you teach people, you teach your children to respect you. But if you think about it, respect is even more important in communication than love. How often have you said something cruel and even hurtful to someone you loved that you might have refrained from saying to someone you respected? because you care about their feelings. You want what's best for them. So start with that tone of voice, make sure okay. they understand respect. We're working together to communicate more effectively and then help them, well, if they role play, how does it make you feel when I come to you and I say, your room is always messy and, mm -hmm. and then just kind of role play, what would be a more effective way to do that? So, and so possibly if we can teach everybody to kind of take the accusatory tone out of what we're communicating, then we might be able to have a peaceful, more peaceful conversation and more respect. Yeah. Yes, definitely. That's cool. And, in, and when parents are open to hear how their child feels and the children learn, I can share my feelings with my parents because they'll listen to me. They'll validate. And then we'll talk about. And it, and it might be, you know, parents are the leaders of the home. They need to maintain the structure. You can't change curfew just because it hurts your child's feelings. Yeah. You have a reason. You're helping. You're, you're listening to their concerns, why they feel it's unfair. None of their friends have to be home that early. And you're yeah. expressing my concern is for your welfare, for your safety. So you're, you're inviting that communication, listening to understand them, 
and then ex explaining in a calm way so they can understand you. That's good. You know, that, that leads right into one of the other questions that I had, which is uh, what happens when we let our emotions kind of dictate our responses? In other words, how can we temper our temperaments when we're talking? Do you have any um, suggestions on how maybe parents and spouses can kind of control that emotional tone? I mean, because it's like, I mean, I know that if somebody's accusatory to us and they're saying, you did this, and then, you know, that our heckles get up, is there any advice that we can do to, to temper those? You know, I will preface this by explaining when I was a young mother, I remember wishing I could just have my emotions surgically removed. I felt <laughs> like they interfered. They got in my way. They kept me from being the kind of mother I wanted to be. And with maturity, fortunately, came wisdom. And I understand our emotions are really valuable. You know, there's there's energy, emotion, it's just energy in motion. Yeah. So our emotions can help us reach our goals. They can teach us things. You know, sadness will teach us what we need to change in our lives. Anger yeah. motivates us to take action. So if we take the time to recognize, okay, I'm feeling very angry right now. And and that's and then we also recognize that's not the time to solve a problem. So it's very <laughs> acceptable, especially if your child is coming at you in anger, to say, let's continue this discussion when your voice is as calm as mine. And of course, you better make sure your voice is calm when you say that. But it's <laughs> perfectly all right to <laughs> no. say we need to finish this conversation later. Right now, we're too emotionally, we're too emotional right now. Let's wait till we're in, in more control. Yeah. And, and as you learn to do this, you teach this to your children. It's all part of emotional intelligence. And if you've read the book by Daniel Goleman, it's excellent. But you take the time to understand. Yeah, yeah. Why am I angry? What needs, what result do I want? And then if you make, if you're thinking logically enough to say, what action can I take that will improve the situation? Whereas if you respond with anger, you usually do the thing that makes things worse, right? Yeah. I always told my, when I was raising my kids, I tried not to tell them what the punishment was going to be right away, because I knew if I said that it wasn't always going to be able to follow through because <laughs> the punishment would be bigger than what I wanted. Grounded <laughs> I was angry for life. At the time. Yeah. <laughs> Grounded. For Never life. eat another meal in this house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things you couldn't possibly do. Yeah. Yeah. So but, yeah. Getting those emotions in control. And even if it just means we'll finish this discussion later and so, set a time so it's not your planning go. What if you have somebody who's who's pushing your buttons to get those emotions going? They just know exactly what button to push. Like you have a spouse who's, you know, knows to gnaw at this point or a kid that knows to to peck at this one. How do you shield yourself from that in those communications? You said an important thing right there. You said, if you know that that uh -huh. is the intent, 
if you know you can mentally, you can either leave, you know, okay, you're just trying to manipulate me. I don't need that. You can emotionally put up a shield. Can we go back to the first part where we said where we can tell them that I feel that you're trying to make me angrier right now and I don't want to get angry? Well, and you may have to wait for a calmer moment. If they're to the point where they're intentionally pushing your buttons, then they're in an emotional state and they may not be open to hearing it then. You Mm -hmm. may have to wait for a calmer, more relaxed moment to talk about that and to explain when you do this, this is how I feel. This is, I see, okay, let's talk about this. Again, you're identifying, you're not attacking the other person. Here's the issue. Let's see how you and I can collaborate and work together to solve this issue over here that's interfering in our relationship. And you can bring it to, they may not consciously be aware of it. They may be, oh, I, I didn't realize that's what I was doing. But if you're in that safe space where you're trusting each other, there is that possibility for change. For them to recognize you're right, that is what I'm doing, and I'm going to resolve not to do that anymore. And maybe you set up a code word that when they start slipping into that pattern and you just say that word, you know, you know, (laughs) I'm hiding my button. (laughs) (laughs) Shields up. (laughs) You know, again, with that goal of we want a stronger, better relationship and better communication. Now with the preface that your advice is really good, but advice doesn't always work in every situation, you know, what can we do when we feel the other family member isn't listening to what we were saying? Supposing we're saying, I'm feeling like you're, you know, not listening to me or something like that, but they're just not getting it or they don't want to get it at that time. How do you approach, how do you keep approaching it? Or do you keep approaching it? You know, things like that. I mean, how do you deal with that type of relationship? Because I know in in my own marriage relationship, we came into those uh, stumbling blocks. You know, it may have to be one of those times when you are feeling that connection. You are, and and there are, you're right, marriages, you know, it's... (laughs) Do you remember hearing that? And they got married and lived happily ever after. Yes. Not, nothing like it. So, yeah. but as there, hopefully there are those moments when you are feeling close together, you have faced a challenge together and you are ready to say, how can we make our relationship even better? What can Um, Some couples will have what they call a designated time. And and the goal is to strengthen the relationship, to improve communication. And they'll have a set time where each person agrees. We're going to put my ego over here in a box. I'm going to be open to hearing what I can do to support you, how I can make our relationship better. 
And then the other one will lovingly and gently say, here are some I feel. And it's more or less where you have agreed that you're going to listen to each other. But you're absolutely right. It (laughs) It takes two people. You can't control what another person does. Yes, it needs you to cannot. be a time when the two of you are in agreement. Yeah, that's good. So um, one of the other problems that I ran into um, in some other family member homes was uh, one family member who was always interrupting the person during their conversation. They could never really get out the, I feel like maybe, because by the time they got to maybe, the person was going back in anger and interrupting. And I I know that you've mentioned walk away, but sometimes even walking away doesn't work in a relationship. So how do we, um, how do we combat that type of situation? You know, that one may take a third party. Sometimes, you, you know, in a relationship, it's like, You've heard the analogy of the blind men each seeing a different part of an elephant (laughs) and each describing, no, an elephant has this large broad and no, it has a long two, you know, because we have different backgrounds, different personalities, we see things from our own unique perspective. Mm -hmm. That's good. It sometimes because we're so stuck on what we see, it may take a third party, someone who's not in the relationship, but can see the whole elephant. Yeah. And can see both sides. Mm-hmm. That can help. And again, there needs to be trust and respect and a rapport for them to be willing to admit, oh. That's what I'm doing. And that's the effect it has on them. And that's not going to get me the result I want. Yeah, that's good. So this is maybe a time when you're you're bringing in a counselor or a family relationship type coach. Yeah. And, or, uh, you know, a wise grandmother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who doesn't pick sense, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 you're right, right. It needs to be an objective. Okay. Yeah. So um, as we go on, I was wondering about, should we avoid difficult conversations then? Should we save each other from conflict and pain? I mean, if we're having problems that seem to never work themselves out and, and even when somebody, like I know a lot of relationships, one partner or the other may not want to go to counseling. Um, So do we just avoid the the difficult conversations altogether to solve peace or do we I mean how do we chisel away at the relationship to try and bring it where we need it well it takes a lot of love and unconditional love you know sometimes especially if someone has been damaged mm-hmm. maybe there's past trauma maybe something happened in their childhood or if there's some emotional damage they may need to feel that unconditional love. They will be loved no matter. You know, when mm-hmm. children act out, it's because they're hurting. 
And yeah. quite often they need to feel that unconditional love before they can heal and improve their behavior. So, and as for staying away from it, you know, ignoring the elephant in the room, <laughs> it can't, it, that, that is shutting off part of that precious communication and that relationship. Mm-hmm. So, and I personally have witnessed and I know that even when it gets to look like it's impossible we'll never understand each other we'll never resolve this problem when there is that right atmosphere the right spirit and and definitely the higher power whatever Mm -hmm. your higher power is God whatever That has saved more relationships than anything. When you can draw on that, when you can both come to this goal of this relationship means so much that I am willing to work to keep it healthy. When you are at that point, the seemingly impossible suddenly becomes possible. That's good. I'm glad you brought that up because. One of the things that I was going to ask you, because I know that you do have a religious background, was is that um, prayer and and scripture study together. Um, I know that when we were we were having a difficult time, and and I have never, I haven't followed the advice, you know, don't go to bed mad, because there were some things that I would have probably lost sleep for about a week. But um, uh-huh. <laughs> but the uh-huh. thing is, is that what we did do was we prayed together each night and that was I would say it was an interesting picture on certain days (laughs) but it was always it it did anchor us and it's like even though when it seems kind of useless like you're praying together and you might be growling as you're praying um it it still invited the spirit to help us because I think God knows his children have challenges it doesn't have to look perfect is I guess what I'm saying well sometimes he is the objective third party you need exactly pull on that person in but but it's like um because I hear a lot of people who say well I I don't think we could invite the spirit I I think you can actually pray as a couple and not I mean I'm not saying don't invite the spirit but I'm saying you can, it doesn't have to look perfect when you invite God in. Is that, no, that's, no, is that no. how you see it too? Exactly. Exactly. Begin with that desire. Have you ever experienced the effects of praying for someone, not only praying mm-hmm. with the person you're in disagreement with, but praying for them in your own personal prayers? Just doing that will soften your heart. And I believe that people feel the effects when someone is praying for them. I've, yeah. I've, I've I had agree that with, with that. Too. And, and I also have prayed for patience too. I, one of the things that I see in our society is disposable relationships that, and it's mm-hmm. disturbing to me. Um, people ask, well, how have you been married so long? Well, it wasn't because everything was perfect. Um, it was because he had patience on one day and I had patience on another day and, and we had a lot of help, you know, spiritually, but, but it has been a struggle even throughout in and out good times, bad times. 
I think that people need to develop a lot of patience in communication as well. Um, uh, do and you have any advice in kind of building our patients in our communication? Yes, yes. And, you know, it's not it's not only patience, it's commitment. And I know exactly what you mean. I have heard people about to get married or who just got married kind of saying, well, we'll see how long this lasts, almost yeah. as if they're not expecting it. But yeah. when you begin with this commitment of we will make this be beneficial to both of us. We will grow together. So that commitment can see you through a lot of hard times. And the patience, isn't that just learning that you won't always get your way? Things won't mm -hmm. always happen the way you want it to. But as you trust in God and you recognize that he's in charge mm -hmm. and that he loves you. And he loves your spouse and he wants both of you to be happy. Yeah. That trust no, that's, is huge. That's really good. I I think that uh, if we could leave anybody with anything is the hope that communication or working on better communication is possible to obtain. And, and this is from people who I know who have been married for, you know, 50, 60 years tell me the same thing that I'm seeing in my marriage that I see in their marriage. And that is that they held on to learn. And um, so I, I, it's worth holding on to learn. I do realize there are some relationships that maybe can't be saved, but I think there's so much fewer of those than there are yeah, uh, in any the time ones that can. Yeah, your your physical safety is being threatened, your emotional. Yeah, you're right. In those cases, you need to keep yourself safe and your children, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. So and and it's a matter of prayer too. I mean, yes. But but I still like I think just like God can heal our bodies, I think he can heal our souls and our relationships and things our like emotions. That. So, oh yes, definitely. Yeah. He, he, he is the master healer. And, you know, men and women are so different. And rather going into it saying, I've got to change him to make him more like me. We really could learn from each other. Yeah. And I really think that's the, that's the purpose. That's the intent. We need to learn from each other, learn the best parts. You know, men do some things better than we do. Yep. Learn the best parts and become a better person. I agree. Well, we're going to end on that positive note, be a better person and, and partner with God in your relationship. And I sure appreciate you coming and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and, and being willing to have me just throw questions at you like a dartboard. So <laughs> it's been really fun to discuss things and we'll have Emma Lou back again. And if you're watching this podcast, please leave questions uh, for her so that we can answer her for me. Um, when we have guests on, I love just uh, posing some of the questions that our listeners would like to ask. Well, folks, it's that time in the show when we count our blessings for being together and thank the Lord for providing us with talent that enlightens the mind and inspires the soul. Till next time. 
Remember that life is an adventure, teeming with majestic mountains of experience waiting to be explored and rivers flowing with wisdom beckoning us to drink deeply from their cool waters. Thank you for sharing in our adventure. Stay safe, God bless, and have a wonderful day.